Hey moms, was your dinner last night the leftover chicken nuggets from your kid's try? Is your current idea of self-care closing the door when you pee? If the only chance you have for exercise is the squats you do when you pick up your kid's Legos, well then take a seat, mama. You're in the right place. I'm Corinne. And I'm Jess. And this is Mama Mama Bites. Hi, listeners. We hope you love this interview that we did with Aaron Flores, dietitian and certified body trust provider. He's the co-host of Dietitians Unplugged and has a private practice in Calabasas, California. He also works out there for the Center for Discovery. He loves Star Wars. He's a Dodger fan and a proud dad of twins. You can catch him right now at www.bvmrd.com, but stay tuned because he told us in the interview about a fun change to his website. He was completely fabulous to talk to, and we hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed talking with him. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the Mama Bites podcast. Mm-hmm. You are our first- I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> You're our first mind fleeting dad. I don't know how many, am I like a unicorn? Are there many of us out there? (laughs) Well, I think we're about to find out, aren't we? (laughs) Well, this is the message to all of them, like to come out, come out, come out wherever you are. (laughs) Come out, unicorns. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, we wanted to know a little bit more about just how you discovered intuitive eating and like haze and all the good stuff. Like, how did you yeah. how did you find it? So I've been um, so I'm a dietitian, and I've been um, you know I've been doing this. I've been a dietitian for a little over ten years. But and I first really I would say my entry point to all of this um, was through intuitive eating. That was my sort of gateway to to this um, to this paradigm. And I, I first learned of intuitive eating when I was a, um, doing my, um, doing my like undergrad work, um, at Cal State Northridge. And so, you know, this is, I'm, I went back to school as an adult to become a dietitian. And so I was, you know, in my early thirties and had come into this work really with the goal of, being a weight loss dietitian and teaching people how to lose weight. And in when I was in school, I think I heard intuitive eating talked about in a, like a couple different classes. And I heard, you know, people talk about the book and I, it sounded really interesting, but I, I never really, um, I think I picked it up maybe a couple times, but I, ne- it didn't resonate with me. It didn't land, um, and I, I was probably more skeptical, and I think that's why I put it away. And then fast forward a few years to where I'm actually a dietitian, I heard one of the co-authors, Elise, Elise Resch, speak at a like a dietitian conference. And it was sort of like hearing her speak about it really sort of like planted the seed that like maybe this is worth going back and reading. And so I really dove in and read it. Um, you know, as a dietitian, probably a few years into my career. And from there, um, I, I I remember sending Elise Rush an email and I said, this book really was 
quite profound. Thank you for writing it. And, um, and like, just like, it's a thank you. Right. Mm. And she responded like probably within like, you know, a few hours and was like, thank you so much. Um, you know, I do a supervision group and we'd love to have you join the supervision group if you're, if you're interested. And I was like, uh, of course. Right. (laughs) So I went every month to Elise Rush's office with other dietitians and therapists in the area. And I think that was that experience, that supervision was really how I like began to internalize what intuitive eating is for me personally. And then from there, I started to apply it working with clients Mm. because the reality is the reason I put it down a few years, you know, when I was in school was because I was in diet mentality. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, very restrictive in my eating habits. I, there, I definitely labeled foods good and bad. Mm -hmm. I was very focused on weight as a barometer of health. Um, and I just wasn't ready to receive that message. But later in my career, um, the timing just worked out really well. And I sort of dove head first and, and that's how, that's what started this journey for me. Wow. I feel like you've like touched the master. Like (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome. Wow. And I I feel really fortunate that like, I really got to sit with, you know, one of the authors, um, for, for a prolonged period of time, um, really just sort of soaking up all of this knowledge. And, and, and to be honest, the other practitioners in the room were, um, many of whom, like had been there for a long time also like were also like very influential mm-hmm. in, in, in me doing this work. Wow. Wow. So cool. Yeah. And like, where were you on your, on your like parenting journey at that point? Like had you already yeah. like had children and it sort of were like parenting while learning about intuitive eating or how did that work out? So uh, I would say a little bit of both. Um, I, um, I'm trying to think like, so I graduated, I finished like my internship and we like were just having kids, my, my, my wife and I, uh, and I have twins and they are almost 11 now. Wow. So that sort of correlates with my career. Wow. Um, and what I, you know, I, I definitely think it, it went together, right? Uh, for sure. I think um, when I had kids, um, I one of the hardest things for me was being a dad and a dietitian. Um, being a parent is hard, period. Doesn't matter what your profession is, but when your profession is also like revolves so much around food and you see both like sort of the, the, the positive and negative long-term outcomes mm-hmm. around food, you're like, it's hard to turn off the lens. Mm-hmm when you're starting to feed your kids and really step back and say, what would a dad do? Right. Mm. Not what would a dietitian do? Like, these are not my clients. Mm, right. These are my kids. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, what's really interesting is I, I noticed more of that come up with my own like inner critic around how I was parenting rather than like how I was feeding them. Right. Like the dietitian like really wanted to like, control and I really had to like check that right and say like what is the purpose of that like why am I so anxious about this right now when Mm -hmm. you know it's really um 
probably not that significant of an issue. And and I'll I'll give you my the, the first example that that sort of butts up against that is um, my we have twins um, for a lot of different reasons couldn't breastfeed as long as the books say <laughs> right um, and so you know we, we they were bottle fed um, from you know pretty early age and one child was colicky one wasn't so mm. you know we really. Like for me, it was like, oh, but I think everyone says the breast is best, and, mm-hmm. and this is there's so many benefits to breastfeeding and, and whatever. But like, in the, but also like, it I had to like pause and say like, okay, my kids like are still gonna be fine. Like if they have, you know, Infamil, mm-hmm. um, and and in the long run, it's not gonna matter. Like they're gonna right. be fine. So like, calm down. Like, <laughs> give them the bottle and just relax. And and they were fine, and they are fine. You know, um, so that was like, that was our first, that my first sort of challenge, like, okay, this is what the book says versus this is what reality is. That's so amazing. I was <clears throat> so appreciative of, I'm so appreciative of, of hearing that story and that you're sharing it right now with us and our listeners on the podcast and, um, having been really excited to be interviewing you, listening to um, some other interviews you've done in the past and listening to um, your experience that you shared on the Body Kindness podcast and talk and, and, mm-hmm. and what you said about, um, <laughs> I think you said at that time, uh, I love being a dad. I love being a dietitian. It is really hard <laughs> to be a dad and a dietitian. And uh, I would I would jump on and say it's really hard to be a mom and an intuitive eating trained therapist yeah. Yeah. Um, because yeah. it's hard to breathe. It's hard to breathe sometimes. Yeah, yeah it's it's yeah it's hard not to go to that um, those sort of catastrophic feeling pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what Dan Siegel uh, in uh, um, his his whole brain child talks about um, playing the shark music, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> playing Jaws when, um, you know, when the baby's not latching or, um, or my son doesn't like the zucchini I made him the way my daughter, t- <laughs> you know, or my daughter oh, yeah. suddenly doesn't like zucchini anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, just trying to like breathe and chill. <laughs> It's yeah. really hard. I yeah. really love what you said about, um, okay, if I was just being a dad right now mm-hmm. versus a dietitian dad, I thought that, I think there's sort of really great wisdom. Um, I, I will be using. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's and it, it's really hard to like turn off that professional mind and just be, be present with what's going on in the moment. Cause I think, when I think of intuitive eating, I think that's what is to me one of the most most profound lessons is you know this is the overlap with mindful eating right is mm-hmm. that just be in the moment like mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. you know see be be curious enough to see all of the factors that are going on right now and not just you know what the inner critic or what healthism is telling you is the right answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, healthism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <don't, laughs> that's that's a whole other podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. 
so I mean, and then there's the piece. So there's the piece about feeding them, right, and trying to raise mm-hmm. intuitive eaters. But then there's also that piece about feeding us, right? Like, what would you mm-hmm. say are some of the biggest challenges? Even though they're they're burgeoning tweens now, right? <laughs> but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it make it all of a sudden easy. Oh, oh, okay. Now it's you know, I think a lot of the time we sort of kick the can and say like, oh, it'll be easier. It'll be easier. It'll be easier. But but every stage of our development and their development mm. really, I think, mm. brings its own challenges to eating mindfully and intuitively, just feeding ourselves. Yeah. Listen, I think it's, there's, I think there's, um, there's a challenge at every developmental stage mm-hmm. and they're different. And they like require a different skill set, but they're challenges every step along the way. Mm. Um, so you're right. The can is we're never done, mm-hmm. right? Um, <laughs> it just it just changes. Um, and I would say, you know, the the, the as a or as a young parent, or as a, when my parent when my kid excuse me when my kids were young, right, and being a parent to relative newborns, and I would say like you know up to a couple of years old, um, it was. I think there's two things that really stand out to me. One is uh, being able to, um, how do I want to say this? Being able to accept the situation you're in and not beat yourself up, for me, not beat myself up for eating out more often than maybe we wanted to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, Again, the book says, or, or the, the, the narrative says you should, you know, cook meals at home and you should try and, um, you know, have family dinners every night and have a balanced plate, right? Mm-hmm. Well, some nights and lunches and weekends, it, it's not going to happen. Nope. Um, and <laughs> no. so, you know, rather than saying like, oh, I should have, I, I didn't, um, I'm a bad parent because is letting all that go and saying like, so what? I ordered in Chinese again. This mm-hmm. is the best I could do mm-hmm. right now. And nourishing myself right now is really important. And I'm going to do it any way I can. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and then the other part is uh, I definitely like had a period of time where I was sort of like, uh, like it's, I noticed I had some like issues if my kids didn't finish a meal not because I wanted them to eat it all, right? Because of, of like food waste wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so my own, it wasn't about them eating, right? It was about like, oh, I don't want to throw this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like learning to connect with that, like, you know, I don't need to finish their plate too. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, <laughs> like I can, if I, if I want a bite of their food, I can have a bite of their food and I can notice like where satisfaction is, but I don't have to feel compelled to finish their plate because I'm worried about food waste. Like, <laughs> Is is like just throw it out, like yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and 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 um, and that was an interesting sort of like experience as well. Yeah, I I love that. I love that. I love that on both sides. That just throw it out, and it's okay to take a bite. Right, <laughs> you know right, right. that um, that both things, both things are okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But to be, you know, it it sounds like. Uh, again, there's that mindfulness piece, just coming into awareness of that it, you were getting hooked, you know, like you're just getting hooked yeah. by whatever the, the food waste piece was for you. And then just sort yeah. of having to come to that place where you were okay with tipping it into the trash. 
Yeah, yeah. And and you know, as as my kids have gotten older, it's been um, you know, it, again, it evolved and it changes. And I think what you know the the um, intuitive part or the that really I see now is the fact that um, all of us as a family um, being able, I think there is something to when we can share a meal together, right. And we try and do it. Um, and, and like sort of removing the expectations of what like quote unquote dinner should be, right. Mm. It doesn't have to be the Norman Rockwell picture mm-hmm. in our head and that it could really be anything. Um, but it's just about like sort of having a few moments together as a family um, around whatever the meal is. And it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Breakfast can be a family meal. Right. A snack Bre- is a family meal. Right. It could be right. And like, it could be a snack. Like, I mean, I think sometimes like, you know, we sit down to a dinner and, and one person's hunger level is here. One person's mm-hmm. hunger level is there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, right or wrong i don't if if you know we make my 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 wife and i sort of have our own system for how we do meals and if the kids come to the table and they're like i don't want that tonight i'm like go make yourself something else like have fun like but i'm not making you anything (laughs) i'm I'm okay with that like is it perfect no but i'd rather them go and get a yogurt rather than like fight with me about eating you know the the spaghetti that they don't want now like it's just it, I, I think there are other more important conversations to have yes. and if my kid can learn my kids can learn self-reliance in the kitchen i'm okay with that oh, oh amen like, try, <laughs> trying not to cry right i now. know i'm like Aaron, can you be my dad too <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, and I and I even think that even with trying to do the division of responsibility of feeding and eating, you know, even that um becomes threading a needle sometimes and oh, it, totally. and it can feel like uh, I'm not supposed to short order and did I put the right and I don't know. <laughs> you know, like right. and just and just taking that you know, creating that situation and accepting that people have different levels of hunger and yeah. and even with different levels of hunger different different you know like you can be hungry for a yogurt and and dinner's not really going to appeal to you right yeah. <laughs> like and, and, and you know as i'm sort of like i think this is sort of um i, I also want to like to sort of say like i'm coming from a place of this like from extreme privilege mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. That, that Absolutely. i do have mm-hmm. you know i have a family where both both of us work but we have the time and the income where we can eat meals right Right. together and we can plan these meals and we can shop, you know, for them in advance. And and we sort of know that there's going to be food on the table. And so like the, the other important part is that like how much of some of this work, right. Especially intuitive eating, um, we really need to sort of look at and how do we in working with other folks, right. Or people even listening to this, that maybe don't have that privilege. Mm, right. Um, Absolutely. How, how do we apply that and right. still allow for that compassionate voice to come in? Um, and I think that's really, that's a, I think that's the conversation that like almost never happens around parenting mm-hmm. and intuitive mm-hmm. eating, right? Mm-hmm. Is how does um, the family that is food insecure, you know, handle this? How does the family um, where, you know, 
parents are working two or three jobs to make it by. Right. Um, there, there, there are a lot of nuances in here that, that really need to sort of have more of a discussion as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And flexibility and, and redefining. Right. right, right. Really doing what works for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for naming that for sure. Absolutely. So in our field recently, um, we've noticed kind of a revolution happening where um, we are looking more at inclusivity and noticing that, you know, all bodies can be part of this conversation. And, you know, particularly like for Corinne and I, we work almost exclusively with women. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we are wondering if, um, if there are some differences in this approach working with men or as a clinician and a man, um, you know, just when we're talking about intuitive eating and everything, I think, you know, we've been broadening the conversation and kind of on that note of, um, acknowledging our own privileges, but Corinne and I are sort of like, or I in particular, I only work with women. So I'm like in the dark when it comes to dudes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm not anticipating you to, to educate me fully, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your perspective on that. Uh, it, it's a really good question. And I think, um, you know, in my private practice, it's interesting. I, you would think I have like, more men than than women just given you know given my gender right the work that i do and and sort of the need for male voices Mm -hmm. um and the reality is it's not true Mm -hmm. i have i have a few male clients but not many um but i just wrapped up my first uh like online men's group um that was focused on body trust which is uh, a a certification i received from be nourished, the folks be nourished in Portland. Yes. Uh, and, that. and that was like the first real like, uh, experience I had with like a group of men around this topic, um, and talking about it. And what I, what's so interesting to me is, you know, the, the, the feedback I got is, you know, the content is great, right? The content of, of, of the group is, is, is great in thinking about like how to be an intuitive eater, right? And how to like challenge our inner critic and, and understand our, our weight, you know, the, the weight stigma we've had in our lives. But the other thing that everyone said was it's great to have a community. Mm. It's great mm-hmm. to like be able mm-hmm. to talk about this because we've never been able to really talk about it mm-hmm. and, or to hear someone else share a similar experience that they've had. And, you know, when I think about, how men can embrace mindful eating, intuitive eating, body trust, whatever it is, is being able to be vulnerable enough to share their experience with other men. Mm-hmm. Because I think when that happens, we we realize it's more common than not. Other people are having other our similar lived experience, and I'm not alone in this. And, and I think that makes a profound shift for, for people as they begin to do this work. Because when you do it in a bubble and you think, I'm the only one doing this, or the only people I hear doing this are women, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it doesn't add much um, hope for that I can find a narrative that works for me. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Like being able to connect to it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, and I would, I would even say, argue, like, whether it's 
not even mindful eating or even food, right? How many, how many daddy and me classes are there? Right. Right. How many like support groups are there for dads who are having a hard time being a dad? Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And learning what that means. You know, Um, there's just, I think men don't get the, the, the group support that I think we, we really need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I, that's, uh, you know, working almost exclusively with men, women, I do work with some men, but I, I think about that, um, that, that sort of privilege that women have that I feel like we're, it's just a different culture around communicating feelings and experiences mm-hmm. and vulnerabilities and especially about bodies, especially about parenting, especially about um, these things that men do feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, how can you not? I mean, they're, they're like, man, being a parent is like, is hard, <laughs> yes. you know, no matter how you slice it or dice it, it is going to be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and without support, it's really hard to sort of work through those, those challenges as they come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was so excited to hear about your group. I was just, I saw it online. I went, oh my God, <laughs> something's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to do another, I'm, I'm for sure going to do it again. Um, and it'll probably be at the beginning of 2019 okay. uh, when I do it. So it's, it's a six week course. Um, and, uh, you know, we do it over, over zoom. So, you know, we're all, you know, in different parts of the, of the country. Um, but it, it, it worked out really well. So I look forward to doing, doing it again. So keep on the lookout. That's awesome. We oh, are, that's, so awesome. that sounds far away. It's not, it's really soon. Um, yeah. I, and, and actually are there, are there other things up your sleeve right now that you want to share with us that, um, projects that you're working um, that's on? That's a big one. You know, I, I sort of like juggle two uh, jobs, right? I, I have a private practice, but I also work at Center for Discovery, which is a eating disorder treatment center. Um, and I do, uh, my work there is really, um, focused on their binge eating disorder program. So, you know, between those two things, I'm, I'm, I keep pretty busy and then this group, sort of adds another layer and um and then of course being a father fits into it my wife actually has a busier job than i do uh and travels a lot and has gone basically all summer um so you know it's uh it's a lot of sort of juggling stuff at home too wow wow and and a co-host of a podcast right (laughs) right Right. yeah so so not much to do then <laughs> no, not much. Not but, much to no, do. I, I really, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So take up knitting, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Work some other projects in. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to start my own Etsy store. <laughs> we will be your number one shopper. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What are, you know, are there anything in particular that gets in the way you think for dads that could be different for moms in terms of intuitive eating and raising kids? Well, I, I feel like you've touched on this a little bit, but. Well, I, you know, I think, I think there's two, I think a few things. One is um, it's radically different than anything else out there. So if all the other dads are doing paleo. Oh my God, yes. You know, the, the, you know um, keto. Keto. Keto, <laughs> yeah, keto or, 
you know, the 30 day, whatever it is, um, thing is, you know, this is radically different. And mm. it's, um, I think it, I think some men, it is going just the nature of the work and the nature of like sort of being introspective and being able to connect to not only the physical, but the emotional. Um, for some men, it's going to challenge what they think of as masculine. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be one barrier, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I have issues with, right? I, mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly masculine to be connected to your body and present with your feelings and acknowledge what they are and honor them and sit with them. Um, so I think that's going to be one part. I think the other part is that, um, like I sort of alluded to, I think there's not a, like, I think the reason so many diets pick, pick up with men is because other people are doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you might feel sort of alone in doing this. Um, and, and that, that is hard. Right. Um, and then the last thing is, you know, it's not a quick fix. Right. And I think mm-hmm. we are, especially men are sort of taught like a lot of fix it mm. strategies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right. A lot of things to like, sort of, this is the problem and this is how I solve it. Right. It's very like sort of analytical, like point eight leads to B leads to C and then at D I'm done. Um, <laughs> and you know, I tell my clients male, female, uh, gender non-conforming all in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. That there's no, there's no, like, I don't have like a map, right? Mm-hmm. you know, like we're going to make the map as we go. Right. And, um, and I'm going to be your partner through it. But like, I don't, I'm not saying like session one is this session two is this session three is this. It's what shows up in the room is what we talk about. And so we're going to get down the road, but it just might not feel like, something you've done in the past where it's like, Oh, I'm going to do this in four weeks. You're not going to be an intuitive eater in four weeks. Mm -hmm. It it might take years Mm -hmm. of work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This, uh, Jess is, Jess is raising her hands to the heavens. Testify. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's, um, I, I especially like what you're saying about that, the fix it piece. I mean, I think that's so embedded in diet culture and then, and then that piece, um, just in sort of male culture. Mm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I, it's funny because I think about it um, and actually uh, we're in, in the Northeast here uh, as big sports fans. Um, mm-hmm. My husband and I both listen to sports talk radio and it drives me bananas <laughs> because mm-hmm. more than any other radio that I listen to at all, every single break is a diet. (laughs) And I, and it makes me so crazy. And he, he's like, he's faster with the radio dial because he just doesn't even hear it anymore. Um, and you know, our kids will be in the car and I just, and, and, and I don't think, and even with that being the case, even, you know, with all of this, sort of awareness, I wasn't thinking about how much like that is just like the perfect cell. No wonder they are doing the the hard cell. Um, and so oh, yeah. it's such a different thing what you're talking about um, with intuitive yeah. eating, right? Yeah. You know, the other thing that comes up and, I, you know, I know that uh, in, uh, you know, there was, I think 
two years ago, uh, there was a Red Sox player, right, Pablo Sandoval, mm-hmm. right, and everyone was like criticizing him for his weight. Right, you I know, know I know. And, oh. you know. There's a ton of like fat phobia in sports. Oh my you know? god! Like, like, why do I need to report on someone's weight when they are telling me like where they went to college? Right, so and so sophomore, you know, from this part of California, this height and this weight. Like, yeah, really? Do I need to know? Right. That number? No. No, no, you know, you know, need to know their pitching average and what they hit. And yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the, again, that's another podcast. Yeah, we're lining up different ones. We're gonna, we're gonna have to have you back, Aaron. <laughs> no, that, uh, I'm, I'm in. All right. <laughs> so I think that brings us to one of our favorite sort of last questions. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, you know. While we do believe all foods fit, um, and and we can talk a little bit more about this, what would you say is your favorite kid food? So it's a it's a really good question, and um, and you know the the part where I wanted to sort of try to reframe is um, is if I label it personally, right? For me as a dietitian and and a dad, um, if I label it a kid food, um, to me, that brings up, uh, like an emotional value to it, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I want to do my best to make foods all emotionally equal. Mm. Uh, so I don't put a value on it. And, and that, you know, that becomes really hard because then what do we call food, right? Is it play food? Is it, you know, it's not junk food, right? Right. Kid food. I mean, it, it just is a very like, it's a very nuanced word mm-hmm. that I think could add some emotional value. And and the reason I say that, like, let's say like my favorite, you know, like food like that, right. Mm-hmm. Is like tater tots. A second vote for tater tots. That's Ooh, amazing. Two in a row <laughs> yeah. for the tots. Um, <laughs> and you know, the other one I was going to say is cinnamon toast crunch. <gasps> oh my God. That's our jam too. But, like, you know, those like, if I label it as a kid food, right? I mean, yes, I think there's a playfulness to it, right? Yeah. Where I'm thinking, like, oh, like I'm like treating my inner kid, right? This uh-huh. is not something I've had since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also this part where it's like, but only kids should eat them. Right, mm-hmm. right. I'm not supposed and, to buy this cinnamon toast crunch because it's just for right. kids, right? So I, you know, I would say, like, what, here's what I would say is I would say, what foods do my kids and I have in common? Ooh, oh, I love right? that. My, you know, is, is we we eat cinnamon toast crunch right, um, and and I have twins right, so they are born on the same day, but totally unique individuals right. Mm-hmm. So you know I will share sushi with one of my t- twins right, mm-hmm. and that's our common food. Um, one is donuts, you know, and we will have donuts together, and mm-hmm. one we will have we'll make scrambled eggs for each other, um, oh. and the other will make eggs benedict for for us right. So wow. There are a lot of, I would say there are a lot of foods we share in common, right? That are like really just foods that we bond over, that we both enjoy. Um, and, and you know, it's, um, it's nice to sort of think of them as these are something that like we can share and appreciate together. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think I want to celebrate the Flores family by going out for sushi and donuts right now. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm ready. 
<laughs> Absolutely. You know, you mentioned, you, know, you sort of mentioned it, like alluded to this, but like one thing I'll just add is one of the things my wife and I did is when we were right after we had kids and we were starting to feed them, we actually started, I guess, remember this. We actually wrote like, what are our food values? Mm-hmm. Um, and we like, we actually like wrote it down because we were really thinking about like, how do we want to teach our kids around about food? Um, and about like why we choose the foods we choose and why it's important or why it's not important. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we sort of like identified some values around food and I would be interested to revisit that now much Mm -hmm. later and see like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how much healthism was in there and how much sort of, um, like how does it need to be changed? But I think that's a great exercise for any family. Right. 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 I love that. And that, um, yeah, I, I think even sort of acknowledging where the healthism could be in, mm. in the sort of that oh, initial totally. exercise and, and how much I feel like that's so reinforcing. Here we go with another culture, but with baby culture, right? Like, uh, you oh, know, yeah. how, how much that's reinforced and um, yeah, to do that exercise sort of along the way, kind of at, at stops again, like we were talking about those different developmental phases, like, okay, how have we as a family evolved mm. our values so cool that's so great right and even at your kids ages now having them involved in that that would be so you should do like a revision with the kids that'd be awesome so cool you know i I will tell people like uh, you know if you don't believe intuitive eating come over to my house (sighs) you know and spend a week with my kids and you know you you will marvel at like that you know they just without my prompting without anyone's prompting they pick a variety of foods and they will leave foods that you would think that they would like, you know, guzzle down in a second, you right. know? Um, right. And it's just, it's such an, it's such an amazing experience to see like when as parents, we get out of the way that like yeah. there, there is intuition. Like it's just, it's just innate. It's there. Yeah. And, um, and part of our job is getting out of the way and letting it, letting it blossom. Yeah. It's yeah. I think that's the biggest challenge <laughs> getting out of the way and shutting up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you can do so much more by just being quiet. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, every, we go to birthday parties a lot. My daughter's six. So we go to a lot of birthday parties and, um, yeah. she doesn't like super sweet frosting a lot of the time. And so I'll walk by with her, plate after she's done and usually there's like this cave of frosting or a cave of you know cake gone and the parents are like oh, how do you do it she doesn't like frosting i was like well she doesn't like this frosting <laughs> you know like but if 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 i told her to scrape off the frosting you bet she'd be like reaching over forkful <laughs> like other kids yeah. frosting but um yeah it just that that business of just being quiet and and letting them figure that out. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Take some yeah. breathing. Yeah. Take some breathing. Well, thank you so much. Where where can where could people find you? What what social media? Yeah. What, what website? Where where are you? So I'm on um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's at Aaron Flores R D N, and my website is um, I. Same URL, same two different URLs. I just bought a new one because uh, I changed my logo. But my new URL, it all goes to the same place. Is um, www.smashthewaitriarchy.com. <gasps> oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> so I've seen uh, your hammer. Uh, 
Yeah. That's... Yeah, so I actually bought the URL and, you know, we'll be hopefully doing more under that under that uh, business name. That's fantastic. Brilliant. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then my podcast is Dietitians Unplugged and it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere, you, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. Awesome. And we love, we love Dietitians Unplugged. It's so wonderful. And, yeah, so... And you can go to either one of those you know places and, and learn more about when my men's group is going to happen. Um, and so, you know, I'll definitely be promoting that as we go. Fabulous. Fabulous. Great. Thank you so much. We can't thank you enough, Erin. That's so wonderful. All right, I want to thank you all for having me on. This is, it's really been a great conversation. It took a long time for us to, to get together, but it was well worth the wait. So, so thank you. It. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Erin. Thanks. Take care. <laughs> So that's it, moms. That's the last bite for today. But in case you're hungry for more, head on over to the Mama Bites website. That's M-O-M-M-A, Mama Bites website, and stream more of our podcasts. Or find them anywhere that you find your podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play. And don't forget to stop by Instagram. And definitely come on by our Facebook group, the Mama Bites Lunch Table. We'd love to have you there. And until we meet again next time, remember, motherhood is a long journey. Don't forget to pack some snacks.